Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are doing one that is very near and dear to my heart. Well, it is your birthday week, even though as we're recording it, it's not, but <laughs> it coming upon it as if the listeners are listening to it, mm-hmm. it is Annie's birthday week. So we must do all things Annie loves. <laughs> Annie's, I was thinking that we needed a whole week of Annie's favorite things. Oh, gosh. I didn't want to do it that way, but you know. I feel like this month has had a lot of topics that are some of my favorite things. So it's true, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying all of the nerddom and nerdery so much. And Samantha and I were discussing before this. I think we've said before how we generally, when we do these episodes, um, somebody will take the lead and do the research and write it out, and then we kind of split who says what. But there are some topics that it just feels so obvious that I'm the one that probably wrote this one. <laughs> well, the title you have for this, and I don't know if we're using it, is a love letter to fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I think we know whose love letter it is from. Like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. It's true. It's true. So I, once again, I'm going to be talking a lot and Samantha's going to be supporting me and perhaps asking questions. If Every day. there is confusion. Yes, that's what I love about you. Um However, you did reveal right before this you had a live journal, and I want to come back and revisit this at a later date. <laughs> That'll be a later times. <laughs> yes, because I have quite a lot to say about fan fiction, as it turns out. Surprise to no one. And actually, this one could have been longer. So it's a Monday mini, and I tried to limit myself, but it's already quite long. All right, so... Yes, today we are, this is a love letter to one of the loves of my life, which is fan fiction. And we are going to be focusing specifically on AO3, or Archive of Our Own, which is my current favorite fan fiction site, though I grew up on fanfiction.net, which is still around as well. And also I wanted to shout out a recent article that gave me this idea from The Verge, written by Jay Costello, called 
archive of our own's 15-year journey from blog post to fan fiction powerhouse. AO3, by the way, is not a sponsor. It's also a nonprofit, so I doubt they would be a sponsor, but, you know, sometimes. And uh, you can see our episodes on Dubcon and fanfiction. I think specifically Dubcon for this one, actually. All right. So, according to this article, the first stirrings of what would become Archive of Our Own, or AO3, started in 2007 when fanfic authors, who again are mostly women and marginalized folks, saw some efforts from companies created by men to capitalize on the space. Um, One such company was called Fanlib, a commercialized fan content site that eventually garnered about 25,000 members, but also a whole bunch of criticism from people who had been writing fan fiction for free uh, in this space for years and felt like these outsiders were coming in and making money off of stuff that they always offered for free. Um, And a part of the whole thing that keeps people from being sued from writing fan fiction is that they aren't making money So I'm kind of confused by that. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about that a little bit more later because apparently it's not as a big deal as I was taught that you might be sued at any minute. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, one of the big things is I'm not making any money. (laughs) Don't come at me, Disney. Right. All right, so seeing this kind of commercialization attempt, a published author, both of more traditional stuff and fan fiction named Naomi Novik, uh, wrote on LiveJournal, which was and still is uh, space rife and growing with fan fiction, uh, wrote in 2007, we are sitting quietly by the fireside creating piles and piles of content around us and other people are going to look at that and see an opportunity. The people behind FanLib don't actually care about fanfic, the fanfic community, or anything except making money off content created entirely by other people and getting media attention. They don't have a single fanfic reader or writer on their board. They don't even have a single woman on their board. We need a central archive of our own. And so, uh, only a few months later... The nonprofit, the Organization of Transformative Works, was formed with a goal of preserving fan works and advocating for them as well. And Archive of Our Own was launched in 2009, which is a part of the Organization of Transformative Works, or OTW, um, and has become just about the biggest and well-known, most well-known name and fan fiction. However... As Costello details in the article, Novik starts the story about a decade earlier in 1997. And yes, I remember it well. That's about when I was, you know, I was coming up reading fan fiction. Um, And the fan fiction sites at that time were, they were spread out. Um, They often didn't work well or at all. I remember just like wonky text, like how it was laid out would be very difficult to read. And sometimes these whole sites would break and they would lose people's works forever is devastating. Novik was a self-taught programmer and a fan fiction reader who was seeing all of this uh, happen to her friends. And so uh, to help, Novik brought some Pearl scripts. And it was through this, she eventually got the idea of what was important when it came to archiving, which eventually these ideas made it their way to AO3. Things like highly searchable pages, all the tags you could ask for, and easily understandable recommendation functions. So once familiarized with scripting and coding, Novik started running a holiday fanfiction exchange in 2003, which Samantha's been around and I've like reaped the benefits of these exchanges. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's sort of like a secret Santa for fanfiction where authors will 
Usually there's a prompt and then authors will assign, get assigned one of a, another author in the group and they write a story for that author. Right. Uh, and it means that like one Friday night, a hundred stories are posted or something. It's excellent. <laughs> excellent. Oh, it is. I love it. I love it. Through this, Novig really made a name for herself in the fan fiction community. And... Um, she recounts how people started volunteering to help her, meaning she pretty much never worked alone at this point. Novik said, After a while, the community you keep around yourself are the people who are reliable, who care enough about fandom that fandom is a way of life, that are willing to invest some time, not just in reading the stories and writing the stories, but in the building of the infrastructure. Two of the people Novik worked with were an English performance and fan studies scholar named Francesca Coppa and a legal scholar and former clerk for the Supreme Court, uh, Rebecca Tushnet. Both were highly engaged in fandom's future and the legality of fan fiction and fan works. And on top of that, how fan fiction was perceived. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. As discussed in our past fanfiction episodes, while now people write articles about their favorite fanfiction, their recommendations, if you like this, go read this. You can find TikTok recommendations about fanfiction. Big movies mention fanfiction and brace it. When I was growing up reading it, 
Oh, no, you did not talk about your fan fiction. You won't be the case. Like your older brother, I doubt you're reading fan fiction. You tried to hide it. You had like your select group of friends that knew who and they also read it. And the articles being written about it were not kind at the time. They were deriding it um, and even whipping up fear-mongering around it. Like, why are young girls writing erotica? Ah! And also, yes, you'll get sued. You're wasting your time. Why don't you do something original? All that stuff. And yeah, historically, it had been like this for a long way, going back to the 1800s when religious people were worried about women writing fan fiction with any romantic or sexual content. Uh, they were These women were not upstanding and maybe even possessed. So long time we felt like this as a society. And... A big part of this fear or derision, as recounted in the article and as I can personally attest to, was homophobia and sexism, specifically like a real fear of women's sexuality. Since fan fiction is pretty queer, uh, it's a pretty queer space dominated by women. Kappa recalls receiving frantic emails from authors worried they'd lose their jobs if their boss found out that they wrote fan fiction. One example Kappa gave was from a woman who wrote, I'm going through a divorce and my husband is going to take my fic and tell the judge I'm an unfit mother and try to take my children. How fast can you make me disappear from the internet? Kappa also shared her own anxieties about fandom and being asked if there was fan fiction about Kirk and Spock having sex. Like a lot of times when she would appear to talk about it, that was like the thing people asked. To which she remembers responding essentially, yep. You should go read it. <laughs> she herself had nightmares about losing her job over fan fiction. And I have too, um, because I thought I accidentally gave a whole flash drive of my fan fiction to a coworker. I won't say who, but I spent like a year twisting and turning at night thinking about this. <laughs> and I, was gonna I feel like it was fired. longer than a year, it to was be honest. Long. I'm still scared. I don't know the answer for sure. <laughs> but I've kind of come to peace with it. Like, I can't worry about this any longer. But then I was afraid, like, what if he never saw it, but he lost the flash drive and then someone else saw it and they put it up and they were like, look what this deprived girl is writing. <laughs> She's messed deprived up. Deprived or depraved? <laughs> deprived. Which one are you? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, it's a real fear. It is. Yes. And then meanwhile, Tushnet was one of the first who was outspoken in defending fan fiction on the legal side, maintaining that almost all of it was completely legal. Because this was, I'm telling you, at the time, everybody would put like a disclaimer at the top, like, this is owned by Disney. I'm only playing in their sandbox and I don't make any money. Please don't. Like people, every fan fiction had something like that at the top. We were very scared about them getting sued or something. So all of this came together with FanLib acting as a catalyst in 2007. And as I've discussed before, one of the beautiful things about fanfiction is the community around it. And Novik and Koppa, along with many others, have been a part of the building and cultivating this fandom. And they weren't just going to let fanlib and the like come in and erase that. Koppa said, I'm in a fandom where somebody is hurt and another fan drives two states over to help. And so there was a sense of urgency that we had to build something before somebody else built something shiny that would make new people who've come to fandom think, oh... That's what fandom is. 
Another catalyst, uh, not long after Novik's original 2007 post, LiveJournal suddenly and permanently suspended over 500 accounts that made some kind of mention around sexual content. And they did this without warning to accounts that did nothing illegal and did not violate LiveJournal's terms. They didn't give any consistent reason why. The CEO even called the whole thing a total mess and promised to reinstate those wrongfully banned. But... Surprise, surprise, a few months later, the same thing happened with even more bans going through. And this was a major cause for concern for fan communities when people or whole groups could get banned without warning. And fanfiction.net had a similar issue. So a new space was needed. Originally, Novik had said she wasn't interested in building the archive herself, but so many people reached out to her wanting to to help, but unclear on what to do, unsure of how to organize. So Novik changed her mind. She decided on a nonprofit to protect it from being sold if founders ever moved on and or wanted to sell. FanLib itself was purchased by Disney and shut down almost a year after beta testing. So that's what they were trying to prevent. Through years of running events both online and off with participants the world over of coding, Novik had a lot of the necessary skills and knew people who had the ones she didn't. All kinds of volunteers stepped up with experience in law, server maintenance, design, accessibility, coding, design, all kinds of things. I said design twice. It's very important uh, because fans are everywhere and do everything. In the words of Copa, fangirls do absolutely every job there is. The founding members of the team put together coding programs so that people who wanted to learn to code uh, could, they had an avenue to do so. People, mostly women, recount doing this and having fun in a space they may have never entered or thought that they couldn't do it or intimidated by it. They join with friends and then go on to train others so that the community could support itself. And because it was built by volunteers who are fans, it was built around their feedback. The tagging system, which is one of my absolute favorite things, uh, for instance, it's so good. It's so good. They're so creative. (laughs) So basically, if an author wants to tag a thing in a way that might not be how a reader searches for it, but is the same thing, they should end up wrangling to the same story. So there are these people called tag wranglers. And so if I type in sad murder dad in Star Wars fan fiction, but it's really just sad Darth Vader. Exactly. It should still bring me to that story, even if it's not tagged sad murder dad. People who worked on this, the tagging system, understandably feel really proud of it, including founding member Michelle Tepper, who told Verge, I actually have saved on my phone the tag page for feels, um, i.e. emotional stories. You can just scroll through and see all the different version of feels. Feels, exclamation part. All the feels. So many feels. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I have ever helped make happen in my career. <laughs> and she worked for NTV and BBC, by the way. Um, I mean, I used to say that as a kid. All the feels. All Why do I have feels? to feel? <laughs> all the feels. That was a common phrase I used in high school and college for real. So who's spying on me? <laughs> Archive of our own is all about getting to you, (laughs) Samantha. (laughs) The truth comes out. (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And then uh, Lucy Pearson, who was originally a volunteer in one of the coding initiatives and moved on to become the chair of the Accessibility Design and Technology Committee, said of the experience, it was really quite exhilarating coming in on the coding side and doing something that I'd never even really considered doing before. It really made me rethink who I was and what I could do. So, with all of this work and organizing, AO3 went into alpha in 2009, The launch wasn't without problems. For one, they realized they didn't have a real way to invite people to join. People worked around the clock over Christmas holidays that year after they ran Novik's Holiday Fan Fiction Exchange on AO3. And it involved people around the world and did result in a lot of burnout in the early days. On top of that, because it was developed by mostly white, mostly middle class, and mostly American Western women... That some of that biases went into the programming. And that has been a topic of much discussion and debate lately. Um, and it, yes, it's something we always have to keep in mind with technology uh, around AO3's policies and handling of concerns of people of color. So basically, there's three tags. Oh, there's three tags that you have to tag um, no matter what. And one of them, as we talked about in DubCon, is rape or non-consensual. But right now, racism isn't one. So that's one of the pushes is to get that as one. In 2020, a group of scholars and fans wrote the OTW, a letter reading in part, we strongly urge the board to take immediate steps to help make fandom a space where all fans, particularly Black, Indigenous, and ethnically marginalized fans from all over the globe can thrive. In response, AO3 launched functionalities like blocking users when logged in and turning off comments. But still, many on the board lament how slow it is to change and how there are still pages up from 2009. 
The perception of fan fiction, however, has changed quite a bit. One of the board members was on a WizCon panel uh, soon after AO3 launched called Fanfic, Threat or Menace. It was scheduled at 10.30 at night, and a part of the description asked if fanfiction should be, quote, accepted as a legitimate creative activity. A decade later, that same board member appeared at the same conference on a packed panel in the middle of the day, explaining to people's shock they had not always been welcomed at this convention. Time Magazine named AO3 one of the best websites in 2013, and it won a Hugo Award in 2019. Copa's University, the one she'd been afraid of being fired from for writing fanfiction, put her picture on the front page. A part of their success was their ability to lessen the fear of lawsuits. So as I said, like, in the early days, you would be scared. These big companies would show up at your door, you'd get in huge trouble, and you'd have to explain your fan fiction in front of people in like a legal setting. Yeah, they've been able to lessen that fear, which has allowed fan fiction to thrive even more. Something else is the community. Yeah, ultimately, that keeps it running. That's what keeps it running. It's why there are no ads. Uh, geek culture at large is changing, and more women and marginalized folks are claiming their space. People who worked on, and in some cases, continue to work on AO3 warn that we're still seeing bands like what happened on LiveJournal that in part spurred all of this on other platforms. Um, and then I just wanted to mention this is something else Samantha gets random uh, texts from me about. <laughs> the do- they have donation weeks and it is wild. They'll have a goal of like 50000 and they'll raise 500000 in no time. And so... I donated to the last one and I got these really cool cards that have a different fanfiction trope on all of them, a different tag. I love them. And I also love this story. It's um, it's what we often talk about when Bridget comes on, women and marginalized folks teaching themselves, making spaces on the internet for themselves when they don't see them or feel threatened by like male capitalist dudes coming in. And yes, there are still problems to be addressed, absolutely, and changes to be made to make sure it is as inclusive as it can be, as beautiful as I know it can be, and so that it can continue to grow and thrive and be this space that I... I'm so, it has given me so much and I want to make sure it's the best. So anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me share this story. I know it was a bit long, <laughs> but but I just, I really, I didn't know this as somebody who uses this website every day and I thought it was a great story. So uh, listeners, as always, if you want to share your favorite fan fiction sites or your favorite fan fiction, that would be great. You ooh, Or your favorite tags, that'd be great. You can email us at stephaniedmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. 
it can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.